Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Moblin. One Stalfos. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 178. Guys, clean up snow, or of course, do it right when we just have to record a podcast. That is the time. It is the perfect time for it. that. Maybe, uh, maybe like the Gasparilla and the Gasparilla Cannon Barrage can also r- happen right now. <laughs> That'd be great, dude. That shit was happening last night, and I'm like, I'm like, what is happening? Are we under attack? Uh, well, I was seriously like, is there like a crazy like shootout happening in my like incredibly white like homebody uh like boring suburban neighborhood inside Tampa? I'm like, no, I don't think that's the case. No. I no, if I hear a loud popping banging noise from outside, I assume it is a firework. Uh, the, I assume that too, but it did not really sound like it. It, was, it went well, on forever. If it's a cannon, it's it, probably well, yeah, it, louder. It, it turned out it was a cannon on a on a boat in the water. I I don't know. Cannons. I uh you don't expect that kind of thing to happen. And it, yet it does. There yet, it was. And yet, <laughs> there, there it was. Mm-hmm. There yet it is. cannons persist. There it is. Mm-hmm. Hey, handsome eyes. Hey. That was, that concludes our noise section of the podcast. It's a new segment. It's not a good one. No, nah, it's not. Don't, don't think it'll be back next uh, week. Probably not. This is, this was a pilot and <laughs> early results are in. Oh, it's terrible. Bad ratings. Terrible. Bad ratings. I'm, fa- I'm fascinating. <laughs> okay. Good. You be long, quiet. At least we're confident. Yeah. We will be discussing Snot Girl Volume One later on in Nerdboy Book Club. A, such a name. It is quite a name. It is. It is. It is a name. We'll talk about it. I freaked the girl at Barnes and Noble out by saying she should read Snot Girl. Oh, she didn't like that. She's like, ah, <laughs> and then. I was not prepared for that sequence of words at me. Yeah. Well, people aren't, people don't, no one expects not, girl. <laughs> Before that, we have the comic books that came out this very week to talk about. This very week. Excitement. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Uh, can you, can you not hear it? I just a tingle with anticipation. I didn't, I didn't hear the tingle. I think that's the problem. <laughs> that's oh. the sound it makes. Oh, okay. It's like a mosquito. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like a mosquito. My tingle. <laughs> Gosh, it is time just, for just, <laughs> stop me. It is time for what time is it? Oh, it's time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Mush meter goes from one to five. If we are feeling mush me, mush me, mush me on our, f- I'll I'll mush you. <laughs> that probably is a thing already. Yeah. Our first book of the week is America number one. Written by Gabby Rivera, pencils Joe Quinones, inks Joe and Paulo Rivera, colors Jose Villarubia, Travis Lanham on letters. 
I don't know what it is about uh, the the McKelvey drawn and the the Gillen written uh, America Chavez that mm-hmm. like she gets on my nerves. I love this one. I think she's like the absolute best. Well, I mean, I think I don't know. I I I I don't necessarily have a super. Fu- I like she's fine. The the Gillen McKelvey America. Mm-hmm. I think she's fine. Like I don't I don't like she's not my favorite member of the team, the young Avengers uh, books, but she's fine. I don't know. I, I don't think I'm as strong in this book as you sound like you are at least. Uh, no, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I, I can't imagine what you didn't like about it. I, it. I like it. Don't get me wrong. There's just something about it that I can't put my finger on mm. that doesn't, that keeps me from getting that. Like I'm excited level kind of thing. Um, I don't, I don't know. It seems oh okay T- describe your 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 interest in it, why you like it so much Eric, and maybe that'll help me a little bit i I don't really know like it's just fun in all the ways that i I want my superhero comics to be, you know like this is I didn't think she could fly yeah she's she, not is she she's flying yeah she can fly. Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't she's, remember her flying. She's she has super, a lot of damn powers. She's very yeah. She has like she's like like you know she doesn't a little have, bit too many. She is she's yeah. You know, she is the like she's a rogue. You know she can fly. She she doesn't have that yeah. the killing touch, but she does have. She, she punches stars for whatever odd reason. Yeah, like not like, not just branding. Mm-hmm. Not just branding. I mean, it's hard not to find it charming that she goes back in time and punches Hitler in the face mm-hmm. with Captain America just hanging yeah. out. I think. I think I've got my uh, my finger on the reason you don't like this book. Why is that? You are racist against Latin people. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that's, that's the reason. <laughs> I don't like this comic. I mean, I like it. It's it's just not you. Just you just don't love it. I don't love it. I think that's it. I like it. I don't I do, love it. I do. I do love it. It's. I mean, she is a dumb cornball character. Um. At least in terms of her image, and I love that. I I don't know. It's just great and fun, and it hits the it hits the mark that I didn't even know I had. It just is. It's right there. Is this going to be sliders? Is this alternate? Is this America jumping through different time portals and screwing up, trying to repair? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't really care. Okay. I, I'm I'm happy if this is like dumb college drama like whatever and it's mostly about her at school if it's about her traveling i don't care like i am i i enjoy this book around her i love the joe q art um it's very good it's a very pretty book it is it's just good and i I don't know man it's just great Uh, despite my reservations i'm still a buy i'm not gonna i'm not get any mush in there i still think it's a good it's a good comic book it's just i'm not you know my enthusiasm level is just not as high as yours but i'm still a buy mm-hmm. that's a double buy on america number one next up is bullseye number two written by ed Brisson, art guillermo sana colors miroslav merva letters clayton cowles color by cover by dave johnson uh i don't know i i was i'm curious about this book like that Kingpin, these all these running with the devil books. We did not read the Electra one that was coming out. Uh, I think we were, I don't know. There was some reason I didn't pick it. Uh, but 
I don't know. I feel like those books have a Electra feels more like she can be a hero. King Kingspin is very much like Kingpin is very much like a tweener like like compelling kind of villain kind of guy where he can swing back and forth. Bullseye is unrepentant killer, psychotic guy. Mm-hmm. He's not there's no hero in him. There's not even an anti-hero in him. He is strictly just like watch him be a, a tornado of death uh, around different plots. And I I don't know, I felt strange about the first issue even though it was good. I think we even touched mm-hmm. we touched on that a little bit, but I wanted to see more of it see where it was what it's like i i don't know i'm more on i'm up more up on the series after reading this one than i was that first mm-hmm. one. i mean i think that this is this is a a less bitter pill to swallow it's it's still full of horrible shit but for some reason it feels like like bullseye's in the right world now yeah he's like no. he's in a uh like a, a place of like there's just utter chaos happening and <laughs> He's in Medellin. Yeah. That's so fucked up. He's just, you know, that I am actually, like, interested to see, I don't know, it is turning fully into Punisher Max, where it's just like... It's very, it's super Punisher Max, yes. Just throw this murderer at awful people, and, mm-hmm. I mean, I am, cer- I am certainly not, like, as fond of bullseye like i'm not rooting for bullseye the way i root for frank castle even though frank castle is still like an unrepentant killer the same uh but i still am interested to see like the uh unstoppable force meet the immovable object which is like basically every arc of punisher max is kind of that over and over Mm -hmm. again and i mean if that's what bullseye is that's fine it's still like that's i think there's always a place for that you know i'm i'm all for comic books that have really dumb ex- extremely gory fighting as long as they're kind of honest about what they are uh i'm a buy on this i like this i'm worried that Uh-oh. this uh this fbi agent Uh-oh. is gonna get killed i don't think she is i think she's she's a goner she's gonna die i i don't know we'll see i i, I there's i don't know you, you, it's it's like fighting a tornado i would i would say that it I don't consider any of the characters in that book safe. They're probably even Bullseye yeah. himself could easily be killed, and because he's right. they even it's even a plot point that he has died before, and he just keeps coming back, which is true. But you know, the, the hand is a thing in the Daredevil miniverse, mm-hmm. so there's no one, no one can stay dead. You're not allowed. I'm all about this book. In case it wasn't clear, I I, I do like it more than the first one, so I think we're on the same page there. I don't, know, and they they you can read them. Without re- you can pick this up without reading one. Honestly, like there's nothing in it yeah. that is like it's bullseye hunting for something. Like it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. It functions. I mean, I like the first issue, but I think this one functions just as well as a number one. Now that you point that out, but double buy bullseye number two. Next up is Superman number eighteen reborn part one. A story by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. Pencils by Patrick Gleason. Mick Gray on inks. John Calise on colors. Rob Lay letters. I saved this book for the last because I was fully not expecting to like it. This is this is good. This is compelling. It is. I I looked at. I don't know. I was looking at all the solicitations and I was like, hmm. We don't. I don't really have a DC book. And I'm like, I look. It's Superman. It was a new. A start of a new arc and. I don't know. The solicitation of it actually did a good job at selling it, mm. and it actually undersold it. Honestly, in the end, 
I feel like this is actually, yeah. I, I've been, I know, I look at everything before we, I decide what we read. And the Superman lately has been like the multiverse of Supermans and like a bunch of stuff. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. you can't just jump. Like, I don't want to read, like, like, I, I, I mean, I can appreciate like Superman stories like that, but I feel like this one, I don't know. He's, this is, I don't know. The themes of this are interesting and in that it is dealing with things that Superman can't just, he can't just punch away. Like, I'm, yeah. when it's always like, it's like existential questions. Mm-hmm. Like I, Superman should be like the Silver Surfer. Like I feel like yeah. th- he's obviously so powerful. What like give him things that he can't give him problems that aren't just like oh well now I'm fighting cops. Like why is he fighting the I, uh, but I, I like him like watching his son burn away like it's some whatever's happening. I'm intrigued. I want to know what's happening. I don't think I've seen what feels like an essential Superman story. I think the closest thing we've seen was the J.R.J.R. Ulysses story. Yeah. What was that, a year or two ago? It's been a while. It was was before uh, Rebirth, so, yeah, a couple years. It's it's been a super long time since I think I've seen something. This this feels important, interesting, essential. It, It really grabs your interest. I I am so pleased with this. I don't I don't like it when comics are bad. This is good. This is not bad. Yeah, it's a it's a good mystery story, and I yeah. really I hope that it uh, continues. Like n- like going down that road of Superman because you I I see it like I follow comics retailers and they all love Superman, but they're like only diehard super like it's not approachable. Like, you can't just jump into a Superman story when he's fighting, like, 18 Supermans from different multiverses and you're trying to, like, kept, keep up with all that stuff. Like, this story is, like, much just simpler and immediately compelling. Mm-hmm. As, as, a sto- as a good story should be. Yeah, that's true. But I'm going to buy, if that's not clear. Yeah. No, absolutely. One to watch. Double buy, Superman 18. Next up, Rat Queens, number one. Question mark? It, uh, written by Curtis J. Weeb, Art Owen Guini, letters Ryan Ferrier. Uh, reboot, I guess, of sorts, of, from, of, of Rat Queens. Sorts. A yeah. relaunch, not really a reboot. I mean, it's the same characters, same setting, but I don't know. It, it does seem to kind of hand wave away all the things mm. that were happening at the, like, all the plot lines that were kind of happening in the last volume of this. Now it's kind of like a fresh start. With now, you know, now five Rat Queens instead of four. It's a soft reboot. Yeah. I mean, they would, if you asked the characters in canon, do you remember all this stuff? They probably would remember it. But I guess when you say it that way, we're, we are kind of looking the other direction. Yeah, they don't talk about it. They're just kind of like, yeah. on to the next adventure. Um, Man, Rat Queens has been around for a long time. Yeah, it's... um. It feels kind of weird to come back to this. What what year did it uh, did the first book come out? Jeez, I, I assume you have that information in front of you if you're saying something like that. Mm, I don't, but I can find out. Oh matter. my god! I'm 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 a embarrassment. 2013. Kinda, 2013. Okay. I was gonna guess 2011, but it was somewhat close. I didn't. I didn't say 1895. You didn't say 1895. You really didn't say anything until you added yourself. So. 
Mm-hmm. You could have said, I was going to guess 2013 because I'm a smart boy. I I don't need to lie. What do you think? You, does this have this? Does this appeal to you in the same way? When you we I remember reading the original Rat Queens number one. We read it for this podcast. I remember being very excited about it. Mm-hmm. This is I, this is not appreciably different. It's not really different. I think that I don't want to say that the moment for Rat Queens like it was making a very unique statement, and I don't know that it ever like super excited me. I thought it was a good comic, um, but I think I was like really late to the party with Rat Queens. There's parts of this where I th- that I think are still very charming. Yeah, no, it's it's it it is a good comic, and I am glad that it is back. I hope it you know continues on in perpetuity. Th- this is this is a welcome back issue. This is the gang's all here. There's not a lot of substance. You know, I, this is not a book that un, you're not going to get excited about this issue unless because it's not saying other thing, anything other than Rat Queens is back. Yeah. It's literally the only statement it is set out to make. Um, it's it's fine. It's fun. I, I enjoy it. I, I like this artist. I like the way the, the book looks. The color's nice. Um. I, it's it, more the same, and I think it will be fine. It'll work well. Yeah, I it's I as I was reading, it, I was like, the rest of comics have caught up. Like this mm-hmm. is like I felt like in 2013, it did feel yeah, it felt new, it felt fresh. Like you know, cursing female adventurers in a fantasy setting, you know, lewd and gross. But now there's a lot, like you know. There's a lot of comics out, and and people are, you know, they saw Rat Queens and they did the same things. They took they took cues, like the very same way we describe Hawkeye. Like there's tons of books like Hawkeye now. At the time, Hawkeye was a completely unique thing. Mm-hmm. And now, when you read those books, you're not, I'm not impressed by them anymore. I'm just like, yeah. oh, it it is doing a thing very well, but I've already I've seen that thing. Uh, but this is it's you a know, shame that the the knockoffs kind of cheapen the original yeah and i'm i i there's some of this i feel like it is a little trying a little bit too hard but i don't know that's it's rat queens that kind of always have do, has done that it's always over the top yeah it's to me it's it, yeah it, the book is kind of the subtitle could be called trying too hard rat queens colon trying too hard rat, that's volume one the the yeah. but i don't know i still like it i still it does look very nice i hope they keep I hope uh, this artist stays on this book. I they have for real. I just or at least do uh, like if you're gonna have almost artists, just go from arc to arc. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of. I don't. Just please. If uh, that's another thing that turned me off the book was like, hey, we have five months between issues, and then they're different artists, and then no, the book's gone, and no, now the book's back. Like uh, it affects readers when you do that. Like it. It's. It's a that's a th- that's a real thing. Like when you take off six months between issues and then expect people to have that same enthusiasm, it's hard. Um, I I wonder if um, Rat Queens fans, like classic Rat Queens fans, look at the art in this book and like it. I I enjoy it. I like the expressions in particular. I think this artist is uh, excellent at that. The, the the weird cartooniness that he sort of jumps in and out of, mm-hmm. I think is fabulous. 
Um, but I kind of think of, I don't know, there was something like sexy about what Rock Up Church was doing. You know, it was, I don't know, I, I think about that panel with Hannah, um, like after her arm that was like badly broken gets healed. Just, I don't know, something about the realism combined with what he was doing. I, and I wonder if this is hitting, it's going after a different mark. Like, I think there was some combination of, like, the sexiness of that artwork with the realism combined with the cartooniness of the writing. This is kind of... It's a little bit more Looney Tunes. A little bit more... Yes. It's too, it's too cartoony. I, even though I re, I really like it. I don't think I'm, I'm not the market for this. I, I like it as well. I think it's good. I think it, 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 I mean, a lot of the times the violence is cartoonish and like extraordinarily mm-hmm. gory, uh, you know, but you know, there's not a lot and there isn't a lot of sexiness in this issue in particular. It's, it's, you know, I don't, I mean, obviously I, you know, it's not just, Hey, it has to be a, a romantic or sexy scene to be sexy drawing, but it, I think it mostly matches the tenor of the writing. So mm-hmm. I think it's fine. And I like, I just want it to be consistent and stay one artist, yeah. uh, and at least get into that where the style is the same and they can, you know, find that, that, that kind of mesh that makes it stay consistent and good. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel that definitely damaged the book at the end of it, the last run when the art, when you would, the art team changed every two to three issues and it's mm. not preferable. I mean, some of that was unavoidable, but when, I don't know, it, a lot, there's a lot of rumors about all that stuff. So I don't, who knows what the truth is, but, I'm a buy on this issue. I think this issue is good. Yeah. Yeah. So double buy, Rat Queens, number one. Next up is Extremity, number one. Creator, writer, artist, Daniel Warren Johnson, Mike Spicer, colorist, Russ Wooten on letters. Uh, you'd mentioned this book a couple weeks ago, Eric. Yeah, I was um, really excited about it, and I might even be more excited about it now that I've read it. Yeah, it's really good. This is, I, I don't know, at least for me, this is nearly a perfect comic. Like, this is, this is like finding a new Paul Pope comic suddenly. This is fucking incredible. I, I adore this. This is like, I don't know, this, this might be my new favorite comic. It's really good. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It has, I don't know, it does a lot with the characters in a very short amount of time. Like, it tells you Mm -hmm. a, a lot about them. And there's, like, I was not expecting nuance to this. Mm hmm. When the cover is like a like the the lead character the, the the what's her name Thea is that her I have no idea I think that's her name uh with her ha- just a hand like a, a amputated hand like a, mm-hmm. a stump raised in the air I'm like ah okay it'll be a like an action sci-fi thing but there is like the way this comic ends is a really effective I really really appreciated mm-hmm. that it ended on a low kind of a low quiet character moment instead of like this brash violence, which it is full of. There's a lot of it, uh, which is also really good and really compelling, but I don't know. It's, it's, it surprised me. I was, I was not expecting something this good. Like if you read the afterword, there's clearly thought put into this and like, Mm. it, it feels that way. It feels like this has, is planned. It feels like that there is story out there existing Mm -hmm. in this universe 
and we're going to be go chasing it down as the the comic continues. And I, you know, that's an exciting feeling. Mm. No, I could read books like this forever. I hope there's a ton coming because this is this is tr- this is excellence. I I adore this book. Yeah, Thea is her name. The artist. Mm-hmm. The artist character. Yes, the artist character. We're coming for the rest of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bye. That this is an excited buy. This is I am. Mm, yeah. I, Run to your comic book store and buy this motherfucking book. I would say it's my comic uh, of the book of the week, lock of the week, easily shoe in of the week. Yeah. I thought this was last week, and I was really bummed out that we weren't going to read it. It's well. This is they spin up the marketing cycles of these things. Yeah. Uh, like immediately on Thursday, I get pre- preview links for the next week's books. I'm like, I'm not even calm down. Like, I mean, I understand comic <laughs> books, but dude, it was just yesterday that like 50 new comics came out. Maybe give me a day. Calm nah, down, man. Gotta 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 keep you hyped. Oh, geez, it's but I don't know. D- double buy extremity number one. Spectacular. Ooh. Uh, the last book of the week is an extra. This one this week, Animal Noir number one, <laughs> written by Izar Lunasek and Nejik Jurin, art by Izar if, Lunasek, editor Ted Adams. If ever there was an extra book, this is it. <laughs> well, this actually Bullseye number two is technically the extra book, but <laughs> I I uh I saw this and I don't know. I thought it this was is, interesting. No, I I I applaud you for finding the weird shit because there are i mean i don't know i i don't just want to read the same spider-man story over again i'm I'm glad that someone has got the guts to tell whatever weird ass story like someone's gonna be like yeah i'm gonna it's gonna be like a monsters inc city except they're all weird humanoid animals and it's a detective story about a giraffe <laughs> because of course of course um, surprisingly, like, I mean, every bit of it's like a real, like, weird stretch, right? Mm-hmm. But surprisingly well thought out. No, I, I, like, it's, it's clever. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I was, I was amused by it. Like, I, I felt like they, they take, they don't back off mm-hmm. of, of what they're doing. You know, mm. we, this is the title is Animal Noir. We are not going to back off of that. We are going nope. to have all animals, and they're going to make puns, and giraffes are going to make jokes about mm. their being up neck deep in things. And yep. you're there's it's going to be a, a noir story too. It's like hey, you know, all those like hey, it's shady detectives and like weird gangs and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Strange, like societal mm-hmm. uh, commentary on like racism and classism with animal characters. It's fucking weird. It's it, remind, it reminds me of Black Sad in a certain way. It like I do think of Black Sad. Like it is kind of the drawing kind is... of cast in that image. Like I was surprised that they didn't list list that uh, in the. I guess it's a, yeah, it's a Q and A section at the end. Where he he talks about you know he says crazy cat and Pogo and Fritz the cat and and mouse but he doesn't list 
I mean, maybe it's just too contemporary for him. Maybe he's because all that's super fucking old school. Yeah. Like no. I think the the I mean, Mouse might be. I, I don't know which is the the newer thing, Fritz the Cat or Mouse, but those would be the most recent things on that list. Mouse is uh, fairly certain more recent than Fritz the Cat. I think. I I I wonder. I I can't I can't date it. I mean, it could have been eighties or nineties. It was nineteen eighty. It started. Okay. So that's still super old. It it is. It's, it ran yeah. from eighty to ninety one originally. That's so weird that it it took t- eleven years. That's bananas. But Fritz the Cat is you know sixties and seventies. So was it sixties? I thought it was seventies. Started in sixty five. Jesus Christ! Ended in seventy two. Amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've seen, I've, like, online, I've, uh, the talk about this, I've seen Black Sad thrown around, which is mm. kind of, un, like, it's animals and it's, like, you know, noir yeah. mystery stuff, so obviously, but it's, it, it has a different tenor than Black Sad. I feel like Black Sad is a little bit more somber, uh, more atmospheric. I this, feel like this commits to the whole, like, animal society thing more. Yeah. Than Black Sad does. Black Sad is about character, honestly, more than like world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair way to look at it. I was, I was gonna sort of frame it in that it, it's, it's. I don't know. It, it's more like people pretending to be animals, where this is really imagining. I mean, you, you you've nailed it down. I think that's probably the most succinct way to say it. It's so good. I I think it's it's a it's a mini series. It's only four issues, I believe. Which I mm. I, I like that honestly. Like mm. it has this. It you know its scope right away. You're just like, hey, it's four issues. You get the story, and they can always do another one if they like it and if it does well enough or whatever. Um, I'm a buy. Yeah, yeah, a very confused buy. <laughs> it was a good week of comics. It was a good week of comics. At least, yeah. what, at least what we read. <laughs> Who knows? About well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we could find six bad comics, but I, I, I try I, and have I, us I read can, mostly good comics. No, I know. I think if we can find, if we can find six comics of this quality, I mean, I would say that the weakest ones are like maybe Rat Queens, maybe the. The bullseye is the weaker one. I, I mean, you might argue that America is. Those are still all very good. No, they're all, like, I'm, I mean, we repeat like, this quite I, often. I thoroughly, but I a, think you should read every single one of these comics and be a, excited to do so. It's a very, it's, it's, comics are very good right now. There's not, mm. there's, uh, th- there's too many good comics, honestly. They're, comics are, is an expensive hobby and to, to just, if you tried it, I, I don't have the money to buy every comic I want every week. <laughs> I would, it would be like way more money if I truly bought every comic I want. I have to weigh, you know, weigh, like that's, I mean, that's a good problem to have, but it's also like, you know, we've, I think we've touched on about saturated marketplaces and stuff like that, but, uh, I, did I say double buy? Double buy, Animal Noir, number one. I think I said that, but I'll say it again. You can, you can keep saying it. I can keep saying it. Keep saying it, baby. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week, uh, talk about nerdy stuff, recommendations, etc. Guess what, Eric? Chicken butt? I don't know. That's I mean that is true. Chicken butt is true. Mm-hmm. That is that's always yeah. that's always a correct answer to that question. 
Uh, also, I, I played video games this week. I played so much video games this week. I uh, more than normal. I don't believe you. I know. Like I said, I'm never on brand. Never, Mm-mm. never, never, never. Uh, I, I've, I started Zelda last night, but I don't really think I have played enough of it to get a full estimation of it. Uh, it's, it's very good. Uh, you, it's, it's an interesting take on Zelda. It's not like any other Zelda games except for maybe the very first one. Um, but that's my tentative review. Hey, it's good. I think if you go out, every review in the world is like a 10 out of 10 for the new Zelda. So it's not like I'm, mm. that's not a controversial opinion or anything. Uh, I have, I can speak about Horizon Zero Dawn because I played that to completion. I beat that yesterday. Jesus Christ. In 40 plus hours this week. Uh, that is a tremendous game. Tremendous video game. If you have a PlayStation 4, you should play that game. Did you buy it just to play that game? No, not just to buy it. I mean, it, it, I, like I mentioned this, I think last week or something, it's the tipping point. It's like, oh, finally, like, hey, look, there's all these games already that I want to play, and now this new one is coming out, and it's like putting it over the edge. Um, but it is a spectacular game. It is a, trem- like, the prettiest game I've ever played. The most stunning looking game. And like, it's just a, the PS4, the slim is not that powerful of, of a system really compared to especially my PC or whatever. But mm-hmm. what they pull out of that, like, it is absolutely gorgeous. Um, the writing is the thing that actually surprised. I was expecting it to look beautiful. The writing is the like top notch video game writing. Like, the voice acting is great. The, tells a science fiction slash fantasy story in like a palatable way. And it like, like I don't, I play a lot of video games, not often in a video game. Does, do I actually buy into the world they're trying to build in these types of games? You know, I play them because I like the gameplay or I like, you know, doing all the uh, like miscellaneous things around the edges. It's usually writing in video games doesn't often stun me or make me really appreciate it, but they do a great job in building up this world, hooking you into a mystery and and like, and giving you just enough right amount of information as you go to keep you playing, keep you wanting to know the mystery of this world, how this world works, what the world was like before this post post apocalyptic place you're in, uh, where you're from. Like it's really actually quite eloquently crafted. It does seem like, playstation like they have um the most like i never played the last of us and like they said that that was absolutely incredible it's my it's the best game i've ever played the last of us is yes or horizon is no last of us horizon is also like up there Uh, horizon Mm -hmm. is a great i and i think i i've come to appreciate last of us more as i've gone along because it is like it is the epitome of great writing and great performance, mm-hmm. and a lot of people criticize it because you know the game part of it they don't like as much. But honestly, the writing and performance in Last of Us is so superb that I can't do anything but like call it, if not the best game, one uh, it top five easily. Like it is, mm-hmm. there's stuff in that so poignant and beautiful that I can't not appreciate it. Uh, Horizon is really good and. Like, I would say gameplay-wise, it's better than Last of Us because the hunting and fighting these giant machines throughout the game is always fun and always intriguing and always exciting. You, you know, you start out and you're fighting the, you know, the lower tier, the smaller machines, which all of them have, like, clear analogs to animals, which they actually explain, and it makes sense. 
And like, that's the, another great thing about it. Like they don't just have things that are like, Hey, it's a video game. Don't worry about it. They actually go like, no, there's reasons that all these, these things look like, like, like real animals. Like they actually may have real reasons in the story to explain everything in the game. But the fights themselves, the hunts are always exciting and thrilling and heart pounding. Like the first time I took down, there's something called a thunder jaw, which is gigantic. It's like 50 times your size. And the first time I took one of those down, it was like heart rushing, like diving out of the ways, like using all, you have all these different traps and bows and types of arrows. Like they give you lots of ways to play the game and lots of ways to take down these machines. Mm. And it's all like, and then later on you end up fighting variations of these things. And some of like, there's a tremendous variety of these machines and the systems that they like work in, like there's ways you can turn them onto your, for, turn them on, basically make them be part of your team. And then you get to see them interact in very interesting ways. And it never got old. I played the game for 40 hours. That part never got old. The only reason I stopped doing it was because the story itself was more compelling to me, which is speaks to the, how compelling the story is that it got me away from just like endlessly hunting down these gigantic, really interesting machines and they're all their different behavior patterns and how you can mess with them. Um, I don't know. It's a great game. I would still be playing it if Zelda didn't come out the same week. <laughs> and I'll go back to it. I know I will to to get everything. I'm like I have like 80% completion roughly and uh I'll be co- it has collectibles and stuff but I never felt like they were a chore. Like in the process of exploring for the collectibles, I always felt rewarded in the stuff I saw. Like it was always interesting. You know, I always I never if there's I don't know. I don't, I don't want to give away spoilers or anything. There's, there's one interesting mechanic that I thought I was amazed that it had never been done before in that there's things called vantage points. And, you know, they generally they're at high places, but sometimes they weren't. Um, but you would go to these vantage points and they're basically recordings of someone who was touring the world before it ended in the last days of Earth. Before this apocalypse that ended the world, you don't really know what it was. And you're just kind of figuring this out throughout the story. And you get these recordings of this person. You don't know who they are, really. Uh, you're just kind of you, – you piece it together because they are telling a story of themselves as well as the story of the world. And you activate the recordings and you hear an audio log, which millions of games do that. You know, someone telling them a thing about something happened. But at the same time, you were looking out over these giant vistas of this world. And you see uh, the perspective of the person who is talking, which is this weird distorted image of what the world used to look like, which is like this, you know, giant futuristic buildings or giant installations or scenes of, you know, uh, cars and balloons and all kinds of snapshots of life on the waning days of Earth. And then immediately the recording ends. You turn off the you turn it off. And you're left with what's left, what the earth is like now in direct contrast to what it was. And every single time I purposely sought all those out as fast as I could, because all of them are really fun and interesting and tell the story of like, they effectively tell the story of this devastation and this apocalypse that happens and the effect it had on people. You connect that story in, in a real tangible way. But it, and it, that's not the only thing in the game that does that. It really, it really does a 
I mean, there's tons of great reviews for it, but I cannot like effectively communicate mo- um, enough how fun and great a game it is. Mm. It has it had its hooks in me. And it also ends. Like, it doesn't give you some weird, dumb cliffhanger. Like, there is a, a stinger that probably will lead into a second game, but it tells the story of this first game really well. Like, there's no, like, oftentimes a, a lot of video game franchises seem to like, we're planning a trilogy, so this first game has an ending, but it can't really end because we need to make a, leave enough stuff around for the second and third story to be told. But you get the complete story of your character. You get... It's everything you wanted. Ever, all the mysteries are answered. Does she ever get her her mother to turn from a bear back into a human? Uh, I her mother is a prime plot point, so I will not say anything. <laughs> it is not. It is not a bear. She looks. She looks like yeah. She does look like Merida. It's fine. Does she ever marry Jon Snow? There's no romance in the game. <laughs> Really, I have no other no other dumb comparisons no, no to other, make. No other questions. Okay. No other dumb shit to say. Okay. I what mean, you... give me a couple of minutes. I got you. Uh, but I'll I I can I can leave it at that. Mm. Eric, what you been up to? What you been doing? I wish I was playing some some fun little video games. I uh, the only thing I've managed to to be able to do, I'm working on a uh, a painting. I've done the the drawing and uh doing color studies right now um for a show in st petersburg the theme is the things we do for sex and i i really like what i'm doing but i am so anxious about finishing the painting i think i'm about to throw up blood i'm so worried don't don't do that that's bad i gotta do what i gotta do bro don't don't criticize me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think i i really don't know i don't know how I'm, i think i'm probably making a bigger deal out of it than than i i than it really is i can probably get it done in a reasonable amount of time but i'm still a little anxious about it you'll get it done we will see how it goes but i spent a lot of the day yesterday doing that spent some of today um I've uh, started working on um, my Risograph print that um, I'm working with um, comic artist James Harvey's doing the color art. Um, but just right now, it's just trying to fit into his schedule um, in terms of getting that done. But I'm very, very excited about that as well. So we'll we'll see how these things go. I, uh, I'm definitely excited about all of them. It's 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 cool making making art, making stuff. I'm a ball of anxiety. Oh my god. <laughs> It'll be okay. It's it's tough. It's hard. It is hard. Me. Yeah. It's a hard thing. It is it is a hard thing. Making art making art is not for the weak. No, that is the truth. It's easy to not do anything. Oh god, that is the the absolute truth. It's uh, it is always a challenge. I think, you know, we'll we'll see, we'll see how it goes. <sighs> Anything else? No, dude. I don't have time to play the best video games that have ever been made. <laughs> I have to work twenty four seven. Well, you sleep four. I, you sleep I, four I, hours a night. You're fine. 
I've been sleeping a little bit more. Well, you probably because you're so tired. Probably because I'm so tired. Still, still doing jujitsu. Yeah. I had the hardest class I had ever had on Thursday. It was really very humbling. Humbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's not fun to be humbled. No. <laughs> I don't like it. No, it's, it's jujitsu. I mean, jujitsu is fine, but it's still, it's hard. It is, it is still humbling. One, eventually you, you'll be the one humbling people. With your fighting prowess. Maybe after a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. That's how long I, mean, I would expect it to take. That's the way that it, it content. I mean, my, I mean, my friend Peter that I, we talked about before we started the show, um, gave me some perspective because it's, I'm, I'm not, I, I didn't like the way he put it. So he said, Hillbilly Joe's gym or whatever. You're, you're, like this is like kind of the best of the best. It's the cream of the crop. The words he used. I mean, there's a reason that like like Royce Gracie became like undefeated champion for like the longest time, and it's it's not because his shit was terrible. I don't know. It's uh, it's still really fucking hard though, and it's it is it is humbling. So we'll see what happens. You'll get better is what will happen. Uh, let's hope so. You want to talk about Snot Girl? Uh, nothing. I would love nothing more. Okay, good. With that, we will move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Bill Club. Nerd Boy Bill Club is the part of the show. Eric and, I si- Eric and I assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's a comic book. It's brilliant. Brilliant. A very original idea. Uh, this week we are discussing Snot Girl, Volume 1 by Brian Lee O'Malley and Leslie Hung. Uh, Brian Lee O'Malley writing, Leslie Hung doing the art, which I don't, I think this is the first thing that I've read that's Brian Lee O'Malley, Brian Lee O'Malley only written, that he isn't, he isn't written and drawn himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he himself does give Leslie a lot of credit, says that she's an integral part. Obviously she's integral, but you know, like, not just, hey, she draws what he tells her to, but mm-hmm. collaboration and stuff like that. I think this book, there's so many comics nowadays. We, t- we even, we usually talk about it when a comic book tries to put social media into their comic book. Yeah. And generally, it's almost, it's almost always terrible. It's yes. almost always really bad. I think this comic is one of the very few that I think effectively captures not just the technology, which I think is the problem with most of them is that they just like try and inject like, Hey, social media is a thing. And you know, but not just the technology, but the kind of world it creates and kind of emotional effect it has on people when it is such an overwhelming part of your life. I, I feel like this book is like a bundle of paranoia about how people look at you. Mm. And I think it's not just about the social media aspect of that. But it certainly uses it the best that I've seen of any comic, honestly. Do you, how do you think? How do you feel, Eric? What are your thoughts? On what you just said or the book? Both. Well, if I tried to say both of them at once, it would just okay, sound like the book, a bunch the, of craziness. The, the book as a whole. We'll start with the book as a whole. <laughs> what do you think about the book as a whole? We like the first issue, but now we're getting a, a lo- much larger chunk. I think Brian Lee O'Malley is... It's it's hard for me to overstate. Like he is one of my favorite creators, like of all time. 
I still think his his social media persona still irks me. Um, but there's no doubt in my mind that the man is. I mean, I I think I don't know. He is immensely talented. I have everything I've read by him, and I've still not read Lost at Sea, which is weird to me. Um, is like a classic to me. Like I've reread Seconds a couple of times recently, and I think it is an amazing book, just absolutely incredible. And this is it's great. I I don't know what it is. He really he knows what is good about what he's doing and really commits to it. I I I don't even know. It's it's hard for me to even pin down what it is that's so marvelous about this. I just I just I don't know. I th- I love him. I love him a ton. I feel like it is true. Mm-hmm. I think it is like above all the stuff that's happening with the plot and the characters and all that stuff. The general sense of it is truth about the world we live in, mm-hmm. and how like the focus of this is like your main our main character. She is a fashion a fashion blogger a fla- a fashionista whatever you know with millions of people following mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. but that is the perfect person to make it, it this reminds me of a lot of there's a lot of stuff that focuses on basically create creation of self and projection of self image uh and i generally find that all the ways find that fascinating but like this reminds me of american psycho in a lot of ways it's it reminds me directly like i think that it's referencing directly uh perfect blue the satoshi khan movie okay if you, I don't think you've seen any Satoshi Khan movies. I, I, you I have, should watch not, them. I, w- perfect I, Blue and yeah, Perfect Blue in particular is an excellent movie. But it's uh, kind of the same idea, um, you know, semi-famous uh, female personality. Her career changes. She goes through a lot of stressors, and something happens to her, and she starts to think. She starts to imagine like all these things that she doesn't know quite what's real what's not and it's like this weird game is someone gaslighting her is she actually hurting people and you don't know what's going on you know it's Mm -hmm. very dark and very interesting and it's it's this is certainly patterned directly after that um and it's really effective the only thing that i don't enjoy about this book is how like the the patterns that i see in his characters right you know that um oh what is the character's name from seconds katie katie is a little bit too much like scott and she's a little bit too much like katie um uh lottie lottie person yeah um not i mean she's definitely a very good and interesting character and this sort of shocking vulnerability um that she has in this book you know Mm -hmm. it's 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 very endearing and she's kind of terrible but he's still putting everything out there about her you know yes i i don't know it's remarkable i mean we see her flounder almost Mm -hmm. immediately i think that that's you know she is projecting beauty and strength you know, like mm-hmm. that's, and everyone even says that, like when they are confronted, usually throughout the volume, throughout the story, like 
they are like you're but you're beautiful and you have you're so famous like mm-hmm. they don't see those insecurities she has they don't see uh the problems she has and you mentioned like what what is reality and we see like it's easy for us to see obviously what is causing all these like she starts a new medication starts and, yeah. then, and then drinks on it like that yeah. obviously not a good thing to do when you're it, when you're start like you, you're trying to have a clear head like there's like but on top of that the those layers of having so many being so focused on your image to your fans to all those people that follow her on all those different social media platforms and that like you can see that in what she talks about like what is her interest when she talks about her friends quote unquote mm-hmm. her nick the nicknames norm girl and all all, all the i can't remember all of them off the top of my head cute girl uh, cr- cute, cool girl cr- cool girls the that's the the one uh the mystery the mystery girl cool girl how uh i uh i'm i i really wonder i'm I I have a sneaky suspicion that this I do, cop is. I was gonna is, say is the, yeah, me too. Yeah, I was saying that. I was gonna say that exact same thing. I'm like, yeah. I think she's and the cop are the same person. Yeah. I wonder if that's supposed to be. It seems fair. Like I went back. That's supposed to be a red herring. I don't like. I don't know if that's supposed to be uh, like because I went back. I'm like, wait a second. All right. I hit a page. I'm like, hmm. There. Mm-hmm. But then I went. I'm like, well, let me look at how they're drawn. And you look at their eyebrows, mm-hmm. and they're the same, exactly the same. And their faces look very similar. Not the same. They do. But very similar. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that's supposed to be, like, I don't know if that's supposed to be a vague thing. Like, are we supposed to draw, like, because there's no textual clues about it other than that this cop is mm-hmm. in the story for some reason. Like, yeah. there's no reason for that cop to be there. Yeah. Because there is no crime. Other than he, that, he says there is, which, pff, whatever. I don't trust him. He's a he's he is on it. Like of all, like there's a lot of like gross behavior in this. Mm. I find the cop the mo- the grossest. Why? Um, because he's kind of a stalker. Yes, because he's a cop and he's using that power to get close to this woman that he obsesses over. Which which makes me believe that it they're her him and Kuro are the same person. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't think I'd be upset if that's the actual if there's a that's I was expecting that to be real the reveal at the end of this volume honestly mm-hmm. I was fully expecting it to the end of this ago like boom they're the same but no the the reveal is let's just push people off cliffs Ugh. yep poor what's her name poor intern former intern is it what was it Connie what was yeah, it yeah something like that it's a C I think mm-hmm. barista dating Sunny I believe right. Yes, Sonny. And then Ashley is the other guy, the fiance. Charlene. Charlene, okay. There you go. What do you think about that social media stuff? I mean, I, uh, it's not a thing that occurred to me while I was reading this because it is, it is the foundation of, uh, of this book, you know? And it's interesting. It's interesting that a dude who, like, I just sort of know him as a social media troll a little bit. That he gets it so thoroughly because that's what this, I don't know, this book is all about. Of, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to say something that sounds articulate and intelligent about this, but you know, it's, it's about a blogger. You're not going to, like, she has a new media career, mm-hmm. you know, that she's not going to, 
it's it's just not going to work any other way. Everyone else is like, well, we'll just put, they're just going to have a phone and we're going to make a big deal that there's a damn phone in the panel <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to rename Twitter into tweet me or what twatter or whatever dumb <laughs> shit they want to come up with. Yeah. You know? Yes. Like it's all so, oh God, it's just like no one really gets it. Even if they have a ton of followers, even if they understand like the sort of ins and outs of it. This is, it's just that this is very clearly something that's built on a foundational understanding of, of what it is. Yeah. Of you know? how, not just how, but why it works. And how, like, mm -hmm. like all the people who are putting their fake Instagram things in their comic books, they know how Instagram works. They know what, like, they all have Twitter accounts. They all have, Inst like, they have yeah. to. Like, it's kind of necessary nowadays for, for a lot of creators, just especially independent creators, because they have to get their name out there. But mm -hmm. they fundamentally don't understand. Like, I think of Batgirl in particular. Like, Batgirl, mm -hmm. the, the Babstar, Cameron Stewart, Brendan Fletcher, Batgirl, like, that book has a lot of that stuff in there, but it is always just plot. It is never fundamentally understanding what social media does to people, and especially yeah. when this this clearly is asking that question, and uh, it does kind of make us sick. And that's a little bit. That's definitely what's going on here. Yeah, where she's constantly thinking about what's this person thinking, and she's paranoid, and she's thinking about making updates, and how does this look, and how it, it's. It's the constant going around and worrying about, you know, your image and your persona and whatever. Your brand. The, 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 yeah, the fake you that you're putting into into the universe. Yeah. And, and like, this book is ensconced in that culture. It is mm -hmm. everyone in – every all the characters in the book are just as – like, not just Lottie, but all of them are yeah. concerned – about like what, how they, how they dress, how they look, how they act, and it's all in regards to how it will be portrayed to their followers. Not they're they're never asking, is this a good thing to do as a person, or will I enjoy this? It, their question is always, will the how will this appeal? Does it match my brand? How does yeah. it, how does it fit in this in this persona that I have created? And you know. There's issues in that that have always been a part of celebrity and fame, but it's never been as purposeful. Like, it has never been as fast. We are in a culture of steam. God, you had to you had to dig that one up. I did. You know me. Dig dig Alan Moore's hairy corpse out of the dirt. Mm -hmm. Get, pull his hand out of the grave. Hey, yep. Alan Moore, what do you think about this? We're in a culture of steam. We're in a culture of steam. I I don't know. It it made me feel like the way I feel when I'm on bit on Twitter too much. Mm -hmm. Where I need to go. I need to stop this. I'm clearly this is. I don't need all this in my head right now. And that's like that's what she is twenty four seven. It seems you know she is yeah completely out. Of, it's not real. It's not reality a lot of the time. And that's what like when it is an easy like that is a. A, a very smart connection that they make in this book is that when your entire life revolves around all these social media institutions as being a part of the new media, the reality 
loses meaning. What is real? There, she, why do you see her kind of degradation constantly? Not sure. Not just like if people are being honest with her, but if someone exists and I don't know, it, it effectively tells like it really effectively communicates those emotions that I don't think any other comic has done so far. Mm. Except for like, I think, uh, I don't know, private eye gets in there a little bit, but that's more about obviously about privacy than, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there is some about a bit, a bit about that, about like construction of self when everyone wears masks all the time, but that's not the focus of private eye. Honestly, it's just kind of the setting. I think I like, this is like you said, fundamental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's down to the concept level. It's, it's, it's kind of, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say bewildering, but it's not the, that's not kind of the sense I want. Like it is reading through this story. It is, uh, like you, you get lost like in Lottie, like cause Lottie is lost. Yeah. She's, she's full of chaos. She really is. I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's a, she's a very vulnerable character. Like I, I think that. It's it's an honesty that I think we don't see enough in in fiction. Um, I don't know. I it 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 makes me think of like you know maybe Pearl or something in uh, uh, Steven Universe. It's, that's a it's a pretty extreme level of vulnerability, and it makes for a very fascinating character. Are you do you root for her for Lottie? For Lot, I don't know. I don't know that she's likable. Like. I don't, and I don't know that that matters. It's just, it's, it's compelling in a weird sort of way. You know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's unusual. I, I think I root for her because I want to know the mystery. I want to know what's going on as well. And because she is so vulnerable, I kind of want her to, you know, she's not, I won't call her likable either. I don't, you know, she's, she's, you know, like, I think like most of those people that she's friends with in that, in that scene that she's in, none of them are really likable. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I had a, a brief moment of it for, uh, for Charlene, but that also, then she got thrown off a cliff or off a balcony. So that's not really, you know, that's, I think that this is what this, I mean, that, I think that reinforces what this story kind of is about, but I want to, I want to know what's real. I want to know, I kind of want to see her at least have a realization of, I want to see her self-realize. I want to see her get an honest idea of what, who she really is. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to see the true version of herself, which I don't know if we ever see. Even when she's alone, it feels like she is still projecting something. And I think that's like that search for truth even if she herself is not likable is still really interesting and something I want to see to the end. But I don't, I'm, I don't, I, I'm rooting for her, for her quest. If you, if that makes sense, but I don't necessarily like, I, she's like Conan, the barbarian, <laughs> like Conan's not a good guy, mm-hmm. but his quest is righteous. He's, she's Frank castle. That's super weird. You compared <laughs> her to both of those things. <laughs> she's not really, but you know, she, I mean, it, there's, like, there is that kind of emotional, uh, like, fragility to, like, mm. her, where, like, I, I, like, when you think of the, what the image of the Punisher is, or, or what of Conan the Barbarian is, is, like, this invincibility, like, of being, like, unstoppable. And I think, like, that is what she projects. You know, she is this 
beautiful person who has, you know, who is very popular, very famous, and everyone thinks that she's the best, but there's inside it's not that. And I think that's the thing with what makes her a better character than either Frank Castle or Conan the Barbarian is that you get a peek inside of that. There is, there's a core vulnerability in questioning about what she really is and about what she's, what this image she's made for herself is like, she doesn't even know what she is. Like that's inherently interesting. What do you think about the art? I'm touched on that about Leslie Hung style. That's super good. I don't know that we've read any other Leslie Hung. We no, she's, she was kind of plucked from obscurity. I think for the most part, the name seems super familiar to me. It might just be that I followed her. Like I've, I mean, that's founder Tumblr or just sort of through networking. I mean, I follow like a, a hundred billion people mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I only say obscurity. I mean, in comparison to working on a comic book with Brian Lee O'Malley, the, mm-hmm. dude, the dude that wrote and, wrote and drew Scott Pilgrim, like mm-hmm. your, your big leagues. I don't know. I, I think her style is perfect for this story. Mm. No, I mean, you, <sighs> like, the only other person that you could get to draw this book, you need someone who's, like, on the Babs Tar level. Someone who is an amazing draftsman, draftsperson, ugh. I think you can just um, say draftsman, I think that's fine. I know, but, I mean, you you should be able to just say fireman, but it's, I don't know, you want to be exclusive. I it's it's just an ugly it's a it's an ugly word whatever I, I don't care, <laughs> um, but you you need you need someone that's on that level, you know, that level of of draftsperson and and that obsessed with fashion story doesn't work without the ability to draw these effortless fashionista figures and these incredibly hot people and come up with these imaginative super on point outfits you know it it just doesn't work otherwise i think uh kevin wada the same that kind of same aesthetic wada wada could do it yeah um it would be i mean he works well for covers i i, I don't know that i'd want to read interiors by him his stuff is um posed it's posed you know it's it's well suited for for covers and character designs, and he's a, a great draftsman and a great, uh, he's got a great sense of a lot of things, but, you know, this is action and fluid storytelling, and it does all those things really, really, really well. I hate cute girls so much. <laughs> Why? She's terrible. Well, they're all terrible. No, she's easily the worst. Ugh. God, she's gross. Well, I, I think it's a job well done. Make you feel gross. I felt I, I. It does make this book makes you feel gross. Like I, and I mean that is I uh, the 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 art in regard to how the characters look is of course absolutely vital. But I like the schizophrenic and kind of frenetic layouts. Also, I think are play an integral part, and the way the way the p- pages are built around. Like sometimes, like it is clear, like certain pages, the the simple pages tell tell us Lottie is okay right now, but then the more complex pages, you see her losing it. You see 
her sense of reality breaking down often, oftentimes. And I never got, never get confused by the story, with the storytelling, uh, with the, you know, the art. It never, I never lost my place. I never, I always understood what was happening, even in those kind of frenetic and chaotic pages where the panel layout gets a little crazy. And there's the, the splashes of information from all the social media kind of start bleeding in and she doesn't know what's going on. I don't know. It's great. It's great. There we go. That's We can just cut right to that. Don't need the rest. Good comic. Read it. So we're done? No, we're not done. I was, I was going to take a nap. Oh, no naps. Not yet. Yes, naps. No naps. Not now. Later. Yes, naps. Just get a t-shirt that says that in big block letters. Mm-hmm. Yes, naps. I think I can make that shirt. You 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 have uh, a, a a capability better than most. I dare say. Does this book surprise you? Um, I mean, after the first issue, I mean, I was surprised to see Cool Girl come back, but it is. I have a feeling that uh, O'Malley's going to do a lot of surprising me. Um, in in terms of like the directions, I I I think that it's a red herring with the cop. I think we're going to be questioning a lot of things. Basically, I think he's gaslighting us. This whole thing, we're going to be really confused. We're not going to know quite what's what, and we're going to be questioning a whole heck of a lot of stuff. At least I would be really surprised if that wasn't the direction it went. I was surprised by the ending of this volume. I certainly didn't expect. No, it. I was sh- I was shocked. I don't know that I'm surprised by it. I'm shocked by it. What's the difference to you in those using those two words? Well, maybe just in the way that I'm using it. I uh, shocked is like someone jumps out from behind something and says "boo." Okay. But like you know, if they tell me a week ago, "Hey, I'm going to do that," that's I'm I'm not surprised by it. Does that make sense? Like that. I think that that kind of shocking thing is kind of telegraphed in the story. Shock is momentary surprise is more broad, expansive. Maybe. Like in the first issue, when it seemed like a simple, cute story, and it gets dark, and she's worried that she's dead, Mm -hmm. and it still manages to jump back to, like, she's weird and neurotic and ha-ha, it's funny, but you're still worried about her sanity. Like it's it's cute and funny, but at the same time you're like, oh god, you know, like like that surprising. Seeing the blood is shocking, you know. Seeing her push the girl off the ledge is shocking. Like I think it manages to do both, but I wonder where the next surprises actually are. I don't. I wonder if there are going to be any. If I mean, at, at this point, I'm I'm like, well, I know what O'Malley is is showing me here that this is going to be. You know, muddled, confusing, and we're gonna be unraveling the mystery of what's happening to Lottie, sort of through her point of view. I think I'd be surprised if there. I don't know. I feel like there is a surprise coming mm-hmm. that is fundamental. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I that's the that that is what I I get from what this the general tone of this book. I I I fully expect Cool Girl and the 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 cop to be the same person. I, I, I trust myself to believe that they are the same. However, there may be a more fundamental, like, mystery about the way Lottie sees the world that mm-hmm. changes. Every, like, if, like, 
I don't know what that is. I don't think it's something I'm expecting. But you know, like the at the reveal at the end of American Psycho that American Psycho, like that Patrick Bateman hasn't killed anyone. Like that's the kind of fundamental reveal I expect. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know that it's going to be some twist like that. I I I think what we are going to do is we are going to question whatever happens. I don't think no. Yeah, no. Abs. That that is. That is a true statement, but that's not what I was going to say. Is I think we're going to be left questioning, not left, but we're going to go through, we're going to question, is this, is, it's going to, it's going to be revealed. The question, the characters are going to question it. They're going to think about it. You know, is this person doing this? Is this person, this cop, is this, this, is this, that? Like, I think that there's probably going to be a lot of red herrings. There's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of going different places on that. Like, I think that she's going to get more muddled and more sick, and it's going to get more chaotic until it just we sort of get a climax there. And I think poor Charlene's actually dead. No, I do too. I don't think Charlene's coming back. Yeah. I don't know. It's very good. I mean, that's not surprising whatsoever, but, you know, Brian Lee O'Malley is, I don't know, a talent of his generation. He's he's uh, as on point as any has ever been. Just he just belies it by acting like a dope online. He does. He really does. Just act like an imbecile and a tool. And then no, here's oh here's another great comic. Um, and I'm yeah. I'm actually and while I'm writing this very great comic, I'm also writing and drawing another great one that will be out in, uh, whenever. It's preposterous. Anything else you want to add, Eric? Hmm. It's one thin volume. It is. I don't know. It felt the. It feels. It's a strange. I was gonna say it's. It's a weird thing that he's doing a serialized thing in a trade, or versus a graphic novel. You know. Mm-hmm. Even Scott Pilgrim was essentially a graphic novel. Everything else has been graphic novel format. Mm-hmm. I think he saw an opportunity. To do something different, I felt, you know, he probably, because he's not drawing it, he probably feels mm-hmm. better about promising, you know, certain timelines than, he, I imagine that's just because he knows himself very well, and knows how he draws and how fast that takes and how he feels about his art and, you know, how he wants to make revisions on things and times like that, but mm-hmm. this it works very well. There's no, no I don't. I don't see any flaws in the fact that it's serialized. Like you know, some books do re- rely too much on last page, last page cliffhangers. They don't turn into anything. And I feel like this book does an effective job at leading you from chapter to chapter, uh, being compelling and making you want to keep reading, but not resulting like not like relying on cheap cheap stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. That was Snot Girl Volume One, vo- Brian by Brian Lee O'Malley and Leslie Hung. Great book. Next week we are doing the Nightly News by Jonathan Hickman. Uh, one of his uh, miniseries he did for Image before he made it big, before he was writing Fantastic Four. But we'll we'll be reading that next week. Read along with us. That'll do it for us today. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Find links to everything there, to new episodes, downloadable streaming, to our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour, on Twitter, which is hbchour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. If you are a fan, if you like the show, please tell your friends and leave us a nice review on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Give us five stars. Subscribe. Those are small things. Take a few minutes of your time. 
but they really help us out, help new people find the show. You can find me on Twitter at MixMasterCereal. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can we find you and your things online? Well, you can go to FreeWillUnlimited.com and see most of the things I get up to online. God, I don't even know how to talk anymore. That's where my portfolio is. You go to Eric Z. Goodnight to see my portfolio and many of the things I get up to online. Uh, that includes my Instagram and my Twitter, where I'm both at Easy Goodnight on both of them. Ooh. That's a, a new thing. So, yeah, when my brain works, that's where my URLs are. <laughs> it's hard. Oh, with well, that, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm.